When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily, available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Two years ago, Garoppolo got hurt in San Francisco, and Nick Mullins came in. And I'm not suggesting Nick Mullins is a Super Bowl quarterback, but he executed the offense at an NFL level, okay? Obviously, the 49ers didn't win a ton of games. They had other issues two years ago as well. Jimmy Garoppolo this year, who, by the way, not a lot of people think is a great quarterback by any means, came in and say what you want. That team got to the Super Bowl. So Jimmy Garoppolo was the quarterback of a Super Bowl team. So I think Matt LaFleur comes from that school. Let's Always the logical way to go about it is just chase whoever was just in the Super Bowl. Is definitely a, a model that works 100% of the time. Matthew Collar, ESPN's Courtney Cronin, we welcome in. He covers the Packers for ESPN. Rob Domofsky. Uh, Rob, give me a cheesiness level of calling this the Packers love triangle. 1 to 10, what would you give that? That's <laughs> uh, good. I'd give it a... A five or a six, okay. maybe even a seven, but I kind of like it. All right, that's better than I usually do with these. Because it fits, uh, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, it fits. There, there's going to be, it's going to be a, a bizarre love triangle in a sense of, you know, Rogers, uh, love and, and the general manager. Okay, that's the most enthusiastic anyone has ever been about one of my terrible puns, so I appreciate that, Rob. Uh, Well, tell us what you know. I mean, I'm sure that you went into the draft thinking, I wonder how they'll help Aaron Rodgers, and they came out with almost no help for Aaron Rodgers and a new quarterback. Uh, I'm sure that threw you for a loop, so give me your reaction. Well, the one thing I felt, Matthew, was that they weren't going to take a receiver in the first round. Not because I don't think they should have, but because that's just not what they do. Uh, they, they have had so much success developing later round receivers, and later, I mean later than the first round. I thought for sure they would take one or two at some point, just not in the first round. I, was, I knew they had done their work on the quarterbacks. We, we had talked to Brian Gutekunst, the general manager, before the Combine, and we asked him every which way possible, would you take a quarterback at 30? And he said, yeah, if it was the right quarterback, if it was the right move. Now, I didn't know he was going to trade up from 26 to do, to do it, but we knew then that he was already starting to look at quarterbacks. And then the day before the draft, I was told that there was a 50-50 chance they were taking Jordan Love. I didn't report it at the time, but as soon as they made the trade up, 
to 26, I did put out there on Twitter, I said, look, I don't know if this is what they're trading up for, but I was told yesterday that there's a 50% chance they take Jordan Love. And about 90 seconds later, Roger Goodell announced that they took Jordan Love. So, uh, I mean, I'm not totally surprised because I'll take you back to the first time we sat down with Brian Gutekunst after he got the GM job. I asked him, I said, ultimately, do you think your legacy is going to be defined by whether you find the next franchise quarterback? Because Ron Wolf got Brett Favre, Ted Thompson got Aaron Rodgers. And he looked at me and he paused for a second and he goes, you know, I'm not thinking about that right now, but I get what you're saying. Well, two years later, he picked the guy. I know we're going to get into a little bit more about what this actually means uh, in terms of Aaron Rodgers, the future, and, you know, what the message was. But I am really confused by what uh, Brian Gutekunst had said about the wide receiver class because it feels like there's 31 other teams that felt this was a very deep class, and apparently they just have their own way of doing things in Green Bay. And he said, no, I think there were 12. (laughs) And, you know, the situation that they were put in, not having the fourth-round pick because they traded it to get Jordan Love, uh, that, you know, the guys yeah. would have had fifth to seventh round grades to undrafted free agent grades. I understand that. But why not address it with your second round pick that you did yep. have after Jordan Love, with your third round pick, Rob, that you had after Jordan yep. Love? Even in the fifth round, there were quality guys there. Why did well, they yeah. not address it? That's a great question. Um, it's one that we asked Goody several times after that third day, second and third day. And look, Courtney, I, I don't have a, a big problem with Jordan with the Jordan Love pick. If you think that he is the quarterback to take you to another decade-plus of quarterback stability, fine, do it. But then my thinking is you have to, as A, a show of good faith to your current quarterback, and B, to help what is your weakest position, I'm thinking not only do you have to take a quarterback on day two, but maybe trade up to do it just to show – to make a show of good faith. And, you know, they, I know they, they liked uh, Denzel Mims, but he was gone. And, and basically what he was saying was he loved the guys at the top, um, you know, the top four or five. And I know that Justin Jefferson was a guy that they would have loved to have traded up for, uh, but they just they couldn't get that high. And, you know, obviously, you know what happened there. Um, and then as for the rest of the draft, he basically just said, look, I didn't evaluate it as deep as, as a lot of people did, and I thought there were better value at other picks. I, uh, I, I have a hard time understanding it, I, just like it sounds like you do, uh, but that's their philosophy, and, and we'll see if it, it turns out to bite him. He said something interesting. He said, look, I just didn't think a receiver that I drafted on day three would have beaten out the guys that we have coming back, like Alan Lazard and, and uh, Mark Quez Valdez-Scantling, Equinemius St. Brown, uh, Devin Funches, who they signed in free agency. So um, he basically felt like if I took one, the guy wouldn't make the team anyway. I don't know that I agree with it, but that's the thinking. Yeah, I don't agree with it either because I think there were still guys there, even in the in the fourth round, fifth round, that could have been at least intriguing for them. But especially going with the running back, that's the one where I really go, uh, okay, that's a strange pick to not help Rodgers in any way. And, and then the Bob McGinn report comes out, Rob, that says that uh, Lafleur is quote simply had enough of Rodgers's act. What do you understand about the relationship yeah, between that, those? That's two? a. That's a yeah. Bob could not be more wrong. 
uh, Bob's completely full crap on that. Um, look, a general manager, and this is the way it's, it's structured in Green Bay, and Bob should know it. The general manager makes the call on the, on the draft and the players. The head coach does not. Trust me, Matt LaFleur would have loved to have uh, a receiver, loved to have somebody that could help his offense. This this Jordan Love pick does not help Matt LaFleur and it, now, and it may never help him. And here's why. Let's say they, they regress and go 9-7 and seven this year. Um, Rodgers further declines, and they go 6-10, and 7-9 the third year. Matt LaFleur could get fired without ever coaching Jordan Love. This is not – this this is Bob is completely wrong. Now could could Brian Gutekunst be tired of Aaron Rodgers and how he uh, you know maybe his, his body language when he when receivers don't do what he wants? Sure, he could be tired of it. And here's another theory about that: Why would Gutekunst draft a receiver really high when there's a halfway decent chance his quarterback won't like him? So now you've wasted that pick because Rodgers is so hard on guys. So maybe there's that to it. But look. Uh, this is not. This was not a Matt Lafleur pick in any way, shape, or form. I will soon, hopefully, have a piece on air, on ESPN.com uh, this week about the dynamics that went into it, and I can promise you that it will it will say that Lafleur. Um, this was not a Matt Lafleur driven pick. So, what is the message then that's being sent to Aaron Rodgers? Because with drafting a running back uh, with your second round pick and you're thinking that that becomes, okay, running yeah. back by committee, and this is going to become a run-first offense. Is that what they're saying, that they want to take the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' yeah. hands? Yep. Essentially, they want to be more like the 49ers. And, um, look, Matt LaFleur idolizes Kyle Shanahan. Uh, he's his mentor. Uh, he's one of his best friends. And the whole time last year was a little bit of a struggle uh, between running what Matt LaFleur wanted to run and what Rodgers liked from Mike McCarthy's office, offense. And, yes, there were things that he liked from Mike McCarthy's offense, contrary to, you know, what, what some people thought. And, and the, you know, the whole idea of Rodgers changing plays of the line of scrimmage, the play clock running down to 3-2-1 so many times, that's not how LaFleur wants to play. But he let Rodgers play that way because he's so good at it. But ultimately they want to get more – um, you know, toward becoming a, a run-action team. That's not to say they want to take the ball out of his hands completely, but they they want to, and these are LaFleur's words, they want to make it easier for Rodgers so he feels like he doesn't have to do it. Uh, the, the A.J. Dillon pick, the running back, is uh, it's interesting because uh, he's totally different than what Aaron Jones is. Aaron Jones is the outside zone runner. They didn't have a guy who could run the inside zones plays that is that is the Shanahan uh McVay offense. So so I get why they did it there. The the H back tight end pick in the third round is, is was even uh, to me a little bit more baffling. But if you look at the guy from uh from the 49ers and I'll never be able to say his name right, Kyle Juzes it or whatever Use his check. name is. Use check. Uh, <laughs> that's well, well, we'll try that again. Uh, <laughs> I, I I can't I can barely pronounce my own last name, which, also, which has Use a lot check. of consonants in it. Also, use uh, check. Okay, yes, there you go. Uh, that that could be the 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 H back uh, that they drafted could be could be him. So, um, and if you ask me to say it again, I won't be able to say it. <laughs> 
So what does this mean then? Do they do they want to go with three head, three deep at running back? Do you think Jamal Williams gets cut? Are they just going to go with uh, Jones and Dylan? How how do you foresee? You know, if they are going to become a run first team, if they want to become San Francisco, how does that work with who they already have? Yeah. If they want to be, yeah. If they want to become San Francisco, they better keep all the backs they can get because Williams and and Jones. You know, look, they took they they took a lot of abuse last year. They they played a lot, um, and Lafleur said after the season, and so did Gutekunst, that we we actually need a third running back. Uh, with those two guys and Williams and Jones are going into the final year of their contract. They have five starters that are going to be free agents next year. David Bakhtiari, left tackle, Kenny Clark, defensive tackle, Aaron Jones, uh, Kevin King, uh, the cornerback and Corey Lindsley, the center. And that's not counting Jamal Williams, who's a backup. So it'd be six. I asked um, a scout and a coach how they would rank those guys one to five and who you would re-sign and both of them, I wrote this about a month or so ago on ESPN.com, both of them had Aaron Jones as number four out of the five on the priority re-sign list. Oh, wow. Uh, just because running backs are not worth paying. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a decent chance that they were, with their first two picks, they found eventual replacements for both Aarons, Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think that we're having those conversations here about Delvin Cook, too, about how much you value a running back, even if he's special. I, I want to circle back with you, Rob, about just the Lafleur right. system and how it works with Aaron Rodgers, because we played a Greg Cosell uh, bit earlier, him talking about how, you know, it, it, the Rodgers is not exactly the timing and rhythm quarterback that someone like Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk right. Cousins is, and those are the guys of this system. So how, in your mind, did it work with Rodgers in the new system in year one? And if, if it's going to work between these two to get back to 13-3 and three in an NFC Championship again, where does it have to grow? Yeah, no, I think that's a great assessment of it because LaFleur compromised some of what he wanted to do, and, and rightly so because you've got a generational talent in, in Rodgers, but Rodgers didn't have an unbelievable season. He had a decent season. Um, he was efficient, as he usually is, only four interceptions. 26 touchdowns is really low. Um, completion percentage was still down. Uh, throwaways were still prevalent. Uh, but they, they, he, I thought LaFleur did his best, not necessarily from a scheme and X's and O's standpoint, but just getting Rodgers to buy in from a leadership standpoint. And I think that's going to be his biggest challenge again this year because of the draft pick that they had. And if players are going to take their cue from Rodgers, and if Rodgers thinks they don't, they're not playing to win now and other players can sense, this, sense that, that's a huge problem. And uh, LaFleur was able to, to really get guys to buy in last year, and he's going to have to resell them again this year. But from a scheme standpoint, uh, you're right. They want to get back to uh, playing quicker. Uh, and, and one of the things that even Rodgers said uh, after the San Francisco game was there was a lot more to this offense that we never got to, and the up-tempo stuff was was the biggest thing. And I know they were talking a lot about how important it would have been to have or it was going to be to have an off-season, you know, with this, the, the, the second off-season in this system. And now that we're in this virtual world, that, that's just going to be so much tougher. Uh, but, but Ryan Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur both said they can't wait to see what the offense looks like in year two uh, with LaFleur and Rodgers, but, you know, we'll see how, how much they're able to change 
given the circumstances. Right. So last thing for you, do you see the Packers as having expectations of still being the division winner with the Vikings having a very good draft? Uh, Chicago has a new quarterback. Detroit still has the same coach. So, eh. but they got a lot of better players, I think, overall uh, over the last uh, you know few weeks with the draft and free agency. So where do the Packers fit in in your mind? Yeah, I said it um, after the season that, you know, they were 13-3 and three and they could end up with a better roster next year with a worse record. Now, I don't think they have a better roster because they didn't draft what I thought they were going to do. <laughs> but it's going to be really hard for them to go 13-3 and three again because if you think about it, every break went their way last year. I yep. mean, they had, they had zero injuries um, of, of significance. Devontae Adams missed four games. That was it. And they went four and zero in those games. They played the Chiefs right after Patrick Mahomes had the knee injury. He didn't play. Like everything went their way. It's not going to be that easy. It just never is that easy. It's not going to be that easy in year two. I I can't imagine that they're thirteen and three again. But that doesn't mean that they don't make some changes and and they could be a ten and six football team, but actually have a better chance going into the playoffs. Now you're going to have a hard time convincing me of that because they didn't add any weapons but um yeah it's you know it's it's going to be tough for them again and it, look this is going to sound crazy um but if i were the if i were the bears i might think man everybody else in the division you mentioned what detroit did or didn't do the packers didn't get better i mean the vikings yeah they drafted um a great receiver but they had a great receiver and and they let him go so the net gain might you know, might be the same. I, I'd be curious to see, you know, if the Bears don't jump back up into this thing in, in the division, and and you know, they might be the most improved team. Yeah, there's a, there's a good case for it only because their quarterback was so bad last year that if their quarterback play is average and they get the rest, uh, then they might be more dangerous. Yep. They still win eight and eight with terrible quarterback play. Well, uh, Rob, the. Uh, Packer drama is not over for you. I am certain of that. So we will uh, talk to you again very soon down the line. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. We'll be seeing you. Yep. Thanks for coming on, Rob. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.